You're listening to the Murder Speaks Podcast, the show that spills the tea about true crime. Here's your host, Wendy Hinbest. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Murder Speaks. So this week's true crime story is about 26-year-old Rochelle Tyburski, also known as Shelly Tyburski, from North Ridgeville, Ohio. Sunday, March 15, 2015, Rochelle's dead body is found dumped in a field. Rochelle's mother's name is Janet Tyburski. Janet did not have a good relationship with her mother. She was raised by her grandmother. In 1988, Janet meets a guy named Daryl. He was a football player, and they start dating. He was in a training camp with the Seattle Seahawks. They end up getting married and having three children. Their first child, Shelly, was born with health problems. So Daryl stops playing football and goes to law school. Janet was a stay-at-home mom. Daryl becomes a successful lawyer, and Janet becomes jealous of his success. August 1999, tragedy hits, and Daryl dies in a car accident. Shelly and her mother, Janet, begin to fight a lot. Shelly was viewed as the problem child, and Hannah was viewed as the perfect child. Then Shelly is diagnosed as bipolar. She starts dating a guy in his 40s named Tommy Fiaco. He was a musician with an ex-wife and child. Her mother did not agree with their relationship. Then Shelly gets pregnant and goes to her mother for help. Her mother agrees to help her if she stops seeing Tommy. So that's what she does. She gives birth to a baby boy. And then shortly after that, reconnects with Tommy. They were talking about moving in together and being a family with their son. Then, on March 15, 2015, her body is found. The police had no idea who this girl was. They took fingerprints, but there was none on file. So the police decided to release a picture of the victim's face. And later that day, they receive a phone call from Shelley's mother, Janet Tyburski. Hello, I just saw a picture of my daughter. The missing girl is my daughter. You saw a picture of where? Channel 8. What's your daughter's first name? Rochelle. And they call her Shelley. The police speak to her mother. About 2, 2.30 it would have been Thursday and Friday morning. Okay. Mom... I'm going to Tommy's. Tommy's picking me up. Okay. Did you see her leave on Thursday night? I heard her. I heard a car. So, oh my God. Half asleep. Like, okay. So she did go. And she tells police Shelly went to stay with her boyfriend, Tommy, for the weekend. She also tells police that they had an argument. So she left to go and stay with her boyfriend. She tells police that he, Tommy picked her up the night before she went missing. So the police speak to Tommy. 
He tells police that he hasn't seen her in over a week. The police search his house and find no evidence he was with her that weekend. Then police decide to speak to her other daughter, Hannah. Hannah was home for the day and the police want to know why. Hannah tells them she came home to use the computer, but they weren't buying that story. Detectives review surveillance footage close to where Shelley's body was found, and they see Janet's silver van on the surveillance camera. So they get a warrant to search her van, and they find bloodstains in the van, and DNA test confirms it's Shelley's blood. Then Janet admits that she killed her daughter Shelley. I will do the right thing. Um, would you please let me know if I do the right thing, what the full charges would be for not me, but Hannah. No one's going to believe it. So I'm going to tell you. I'm going to go ahead and confess to killing Rochelle in a crime of passion. Can you kind of walk us through that evening, like exactly how things sort of evolved? She was very difficult that night. Mm -hmm. You know, I had told her I need to work on getting at least temporary custody of Cole, and she was pissed off. She threw the chair that night. I felt Colin's safety was definitely at risk. And she made a statement, you know, that she's going to kill me in my sleep. If what? If I don't stop this about Colin. It would have been approximately 3, 3.30 a.m. She took her medicine. Did you know the Seroquel was going to pretty much knock her out? Yeah. Okay. When she went to sleep... I smothered her in her bed. What did you use to smother her? Blankets and pillows. How did she get the marks and stuff hit on the back of her head? I don't know. Probably from the force. And I killed her on the early hours of Friday the 13th. And this was in? It's Hannah's yeah. room. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't move her. Right. I specifically brought Hannah here for that. I didn't know who else to call. When did you notify Hannah? Saturday. 
and she was really upset. Yeah. yeah. And she helped me bring her down and got her down here, and then we, I backed the van up. I didn't know how to get her in the van, but Hannah thought of a, a way that might work, so we used the door as a, like a platform slitter in the side. Oh, like a ramp? Yeah. We drove and drove and drove. We did not know what to do. We drove probably four four hours. Okay. How'd you end up in Ridgeville? 480. Four, okay, so you were kind of traveling along 480? Yeah, Hannah was begging me just to take her back to college. So uh, on the way to Oberlin, you stopped in Ridgeville? Yeah. Okay. How did you get Rochelle's body out of the car? Slid it out. Hannah had to help you carry her? And, yeah. You know, how did you leave her? The way that you found her. Hi, Danny. The uh, North Ridgeville police detectives are here, and I just confessed to, to murdering Rochelle. Yeah, I'm telling them everything that happened, and I know that they feel that you're an accessory after the fact, though, honey. I, I love you, Hannah. And I'm sorry for involving you in this and moving her body. I'm so sorry, honey. She tells police that she put the blanket and pillow over Shelly's face and suffocated her. And she slammed her head into the floor. She left her dead body in the room for two days until her daughter Hannah helped her move the body from the house. The police learn that Janet took out a life insurance policy on Shelly and she would receive $150,000 if Janet died. In April 2017, Janet is sentenced to 19 years to life. Hannah receives a 90-day suspended jail sentence and a $750 fine. Tommy dies in December 2018. So Shelley's son goes to live with extended family. Unbelievable. It takes a specific kind of crazy person to be able to kill their own child. I mean, and when the police were interviewing her, she didn't even sound sorry. The only thing she cared about was saving Hannah and making sure Hannah didn't go to jail for anything, which is fine. Hannah's your other daughter, so yeah, you would do that for your daughter, but she didn't really care that she took Shelly's life. Like, it didn't mean anything. And they really just dumped her in a field and left her out like trash. That's just, that's sick. That takes a, a sick, twisted, kind of sick person to be able to do something like that. And she's exactly where she needs to be. And I feel really bad for Hannah because this is going to haunt her for the rest of her life. All I can say is, wow. Wow. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's Real Crime Story. If you like it, please share it. Sharing is caring. And if you are a true crime addict like me, Check out my store, crystalkiss.com, that's crystal with a K, for some murder merch. I sell t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, and tank tops, so check it out. Free shipping on all orders. Next week, I'm going to have Michelle Lulick on my show. She's an actress who's appeared on the Investigation Discovery Channel. 
in reenactment stories as the victim and friend of the victim on shows like Homicide Hunter, Pandora's Box, Unleashing Evil, and Diabolical. So you don't want to miss it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.